You're listening to the Holistic Spaces podcast brought to you by Mindful Design Feng Shui School, episode 239, a Feng Shui consultation with Waylon Lewis of Elephant Journal. Welcome to episode 239 of the Holistic Spaces podcast, where we hope to inspire, educate, and empower you to create your own holistic spaces that nurture and resonate with you. Angie Cho and Laura Morris are the founders of the Mindful Design Feng Shui School. We teach Feng Shui online at mindfuldesignschool.com. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list for special opportunities and workshops and different things that are only available to our newsletter subscribers. You can go to mindfuldesignschool.com slash join or just go to the main page and scroll down to the bottom. There's an opt-in box. You can also opt in through whatever podcast situation you're listening to this podcast on and there should be something in the show notes that you can click through and I highly recommend if you're not on our mailing list to join or if you thought you're on our mailing list and you're not getting our emails check that out maybe check your spam box because in a few days, we are launching a free autumn equinox challenge for the five weeks leading up to the autumn equinox. And that's going to be part of our Saturday newsletter. So the only way that you can receive the content for this is to be on our mailing list. And for the last few weeks, or last, yeah, for last week or so, we've been hosting and inviting people on our mailing list to enter a giveaway for a free mini consultation that will be posted on the podcast just like this one. So if you would like to be entered in a giveaway to be a guest on our podcast and get a home consultation, a home feng shui reading done with us, then you can enter our giveaway by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and then join our mailing list. And in our mailing list, on our newsletter, we have instructions on how to enter the giveaway. So this week, it's a special week because it's my birthday. This, this is Angie, by the way. This is airing on my birthday. But uh, it's also really a special episode because we have a feng shui consultation that I conducted with Waylon Lewis of Elephant Journal. And this is a conversation that was part of a series for Walk the Talk Show. And we'll link to that podcast as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Waylon Lewis. Waylon H. Lewis is the founder of Elephant Journal, which is the world's largest mindfulness community with 13 million social fans and many millions of online readers. And they're now publishing independently in its 22nd year. And my first online article was published on Elephant Journal uh, a decade ago. So I'm very appreciative of uh, all the work that Waylon has done with Elephant Journal. And we also have like the same kind of root teachers and come from the same Buddhist communities. So, and we know a lot of the same people. So I'm really grateful that he hosted me on his platform. And so we're sharing this podcast and this feng shui reading on both his podcast, which is called the walk, the talk show. So you should definitely check out walk the talk podcast, walk the talk show. It's also on my Instagram feed and elephant journals, Instagram feed. So if you want to watch it, it's, pretty insightful to actually see a little bit of what's happening too. And also a few months ago, 
Waylon interviewed me for my book, Mindful Homes. And so that was a really wonderful interview as well. So I hope you check those out. We'll make sure to put all those links in the show notes. So a little bit more about Waylon. He is a host of that award-winning podcast and video series that I was a guest on, Walk the Talk Show. And then again, this is a collaboration with Walk the Talk Show. And he's also the author of two books, The Best-Selling Things I Would Like to Do With You, and Now It's Never Too Late to Fall in Love with Your Life. So for more information, you can direct message Elephant Journal on Instagram. So we hope you will enjoy this Feng Shui consultation with Waylon and Angie. Hey all, this is Waylon Lewis. I'm the founder of Elephant Journal. We're a publication that's been around 22 years now, which is wild to think that. And one of the many kind of mindful subjects, you know, our mission is covering the mindful life we've covered over all those years is a mindful home, a good home life, family, living on our own, you know, recipes, all the stuff around home or office or place or mindfulness. And one of my favorite subjects around that or to find insight around that has been feng shui. For those who don't know, feng shui is kind of, uh, I don't know if I can define it actually, but it's, um, you know, an ancient, but also incredibly relevant in most ways, way to look at our space, you know, placement of things within objects, uh, our, our life objects, our work objects within that space and uh, light and, you know, movement and motion, speediness, how to slow some things down, how to make some other things flow better. So anyway, I'm interviewing an expert on feng shui today, and we're actually going to look at my actual home and pick it apart. So if you're excited to kind of get a tour of my eco Victorian home here in Boulder, Colorado, and at the same time, kind of pick it apart a little bit or, or maybe point out what is good too. With Angie Cho, uh, without further ado, let's bring her on. Um, in the meantime, say where in the world you are. I'm in Boulder, Colorado, and let's get Angie on here. How you doing? Good. Maybe we can just start philosophically, just jump in. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do that. So, you know, it's been such a huge trend over the last 10, 20 years, whatever. I feel like it's a trend fueled by guilt and not not really accepting what a wonderful, cheerful home can feel like. So I wrote this article that kind of went viral saying, enough of these white, empty spaces. I like white. White is one of the options in the rainbow. Mm -hmm. But it's okay to have, like, you know, I think the traditional Victorian home was, like, a little bit cozy and cluttered and fun. Or you can be modern and, and empty, whatever. But there's different options that can be healthy. Does feng shui agree that there can be like a, you know, an option like my house where there's like wool rugs everywhere and framed pictures and, you know, or it can be a modern kind of minimalist home? Yes, feng shui includes both, um, both aspects, Probably like if you start going to the ex extremes, like a home with absolutely nothing in it might as well be a hotel room, right? Right. And then it, one that is cluttered like a um, 
Hoarder is also a big, uh, a big challenge and it's, and it hurts people, but, um, there's a whole rainbow in between and, and you know, that's a bit, that's one question people always ask me, like, what's the best color? Yeah. And there's no best color and people want to be like, kind of, I don't know. They think there's a magic pill for a best color, but there's no best color. But Angie, there's no best situation. I remember all these functions books saying like there sometimes colors are can be best for like an entrance or a certain area of the home right is that true it is true that a book may say that and as you know as a writer <laughs> because when you write something it's for a large audience and it's not tuned into one specific situation and every moment is different so both can be true at the same time while a book can give you like a general overview and cover a lot of aspects it may not be specialized for your particular situation just like we could read something on uh you know webmd about our like something growing on our elbow and but uh right but if That's someone such a good analogy yeah that's such a good analogy. So basically what you're saying is you need to, we need to fly you out here <laughs> to Boulder to help me because in defense of those who hate clutter, I do find that, you know, I have stuff all over my house as I think we'll do, we'll tour my house a little bit, but you're in charge, whatever you want to do. But if I do have like clutter, like things on the floor or like things out of place, it does mess with my mindfulness a bit. It, it can, it can, and, but also we know that sometimes those are necessary and those imperfections or little things in our path really help us if we had something super, ah, oh, wait, I have my dog too. There's my puppy. That's Yay! My oh, I love that the doggies are hanging out. Yeah. Aw. I have another one somewhere, but I don't know where she is. Um, but yeah like um we don't there's no such thing as a perfect like home and a perfect life and if we these imperfections and these little like clutter issues and things can be um beacons of light to give us a direction to go in okay so yeah i always think of i used to bike up this beautiful neighborhood in boulder I mean, I still do, but I used to see this one house and there was clearly a family there. I never met the family, mm -hmm. but they had those like cut out like snowflakes or whatever they are that kids uh -huh. make sometimes at school and they taped them all over the, the windows and the house was like brightly colored and there was like a messy yard full of toys and bikes and, and every time I passed it and there are big trees and stuff, every time I passed it, I was like, this home is delightful. Like it just felt warm and used and community-ish. And I think of Jane Jacobs, one of my heroes, who was like a community advocate. And she really advocated for all those kind of messy connections that like an urban city like New York City can provide. And none of that is minimalist. So I think everyone has their bias. Mine is clearly, as we'll see regrettably in a few moments, um, you know, a bit, too far on the like antique book rug stuff everywhere side but it's fun anyway so you're in charge what do you want to do did you want to just look at the bedroom or or did you want to like 
what do you want to do here? What's useful for people or fun? So um, I was thinking we could approach this like I would like a mini consultation with with for one that I would uh, have for my students with a real client to model and this and we're gonna put this uh, we're gonna both share this on our podcast. So yeah. so why don't we treat it like kind of like an official thing. So yeah, I would say hi, Waylon. How are you today? Hello, Angie. I'm uh, I'm very well. I'm running for local city council on top of I heard. yeah on top of elephant journal my work with elephant and and running a puppy around town so he's tired so i am tired but i'm very well yeah you know since we uh last spoke i kind of realized how much of a busy and open person you are and then when you walk through your floor plan um, especially like I could see it in your floor plan with the Tory gates and like, and having that like bar area where you greet people. Um, you have like such an openness to your community and people around you. But at the same time, I can see like you have a great team, but like, I wonder if you're overwhelmed and exhausted a little bit. Well, uh, four months ago, I was fine. Um, <laughs> with Boulder City Council on top of elephant on top of uh, my life for sure. I'm overwhelmed and exhausted. But um, but I think this is really important to you because we were you were you mentioned that you might do this when we talked a few months ago. Yeah, and if if I if I win in you know three or four or five months, I would start serving. Uh oh, I can't hear you. Okay my notifications off and I still somehow a call came through. How does that happen? So anyway, I um, in three or four months, if I win, things will settle down into a routine, but that mm -hmm. routine will be about 75 hours of work a week. That's a lot. Yeah. 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 Well, I uh, well, we can talk about this a little bit. So um, so, okay, so for a feng shui consultation, like usually I ask uh, you for a floor plan and you drew kind of one up, which I actually gleaned a lot from that. So okay. thank you for doing that. I had and, no idea if any of that made sense. Um, um, everyone who's watching Angie Cho um, apparently got a lot out of one of the worst floor plans in history. I drew it and it made very little sense. That's that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. So, well, there's actually like, um, I could see a lot. I also looked up your address and looked up your Google Maps. I also asked you for like three wishes. Mm. And I also got your birth information. So, usually I start with a little bit about um, like, uh, I could talk a little bit about your nine star key. And I think it's kind of, it. it's a little bit timely for what's going on with you. And then, Maybe we can go over clarifying your wishes a little bit, and then I'm going to ask you questions about your home, and then you can feel free to show show me around your home. And uh, but we'll sit for we'll just sit together for a little bit. Okay, I might stabilize my camera if we're just sitting. Yeah, sounds wonderful. I am I am a putty in your hands. Okay, um, so so you um are okay so in feng shui we use this numerology called the nine star key and it's connected to the like bagua and the I Ching and the Shui magic square and it's based on your birth information so your numbers are eight six seven 
do you have you heard of this okay so you're an eight six seven so basically an eight is like a mountain it's in the I Ching. it's related to the mountain trigram so your fundamental nature is a very like independent strong person so it's interesting that you like are so open to and share a lot of your life but really there's like a sense of independence like you're a mountain that kind of stands alone mm -hmm. and you're very um you're very strong it's a young earth it's very strong earth you know like a mountain is not like sand or soil it's very compacted hard earth and um also mountains have been oh, you live in the you, are, is boulder in the, yeah you live in the mountains but mountains are also very um they watch and they observe and you can hold a lot of things in and maybe um you hold a lot of things in and you kind of like let them go like a volcano you get angry and then like you, maybe you don't show a lot yeah i don't know about that i mean i definitely am pretty open to the point of like like openness is how i process stuff and keep going and don't get stressed out Mm -hmm. um, but I definitely get frustrated and will blow up sometimes. Um, but it lasts like two and a half minutes, but like outside, an explosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can be like that. And I usually will take myself for a walk if I get frustrated. And so, and then the fundamental quality of you is like that young earth, that strong earth. And also part of that is like sticking up for the underdog um really being independent and and then the six is under stress or as a child you probably like speed up get really fast and you get like very precise and cut people off probably like a sword it's young young metal it's a, like very cutting sure um but then this last number is seven is yin metal and that's what people mostly see you as and it's shine it's like yin metal shiny jewelry like super refined jewelry mm -hmm. sometimes we describe seven metals as like the hostess on the titanic that's like everything is going to be okay like you're really you can be really charming yeah and great at talking so um yeah. but the important thing is like the eight is in a nine year so this year in 2024 you're in a year of fame and fire so it's actually it is a year where you have a lot of potential to be seen and so that would i think support you running for city city council you said yeah boulder city council yeah yeah so you have you have that on your side and i think you're okay with like good and bad everything coming out like that's that's kind of you're you're in the spotlight in the sunlight this year yeah one thing I'd add is you may know Boulder. Have you been to Boulder, Colorado? I have not. So Boulder feng shui wise is very, very interesting because there's these three kind of, they're called the flat irons. They're shaped like the, like old irons, mm -hmm. like ironing clothes. Oh, so there's okay. three flat irons and they're very famous and they loom over and dominate all of Boulder. Boulder is this little mountain valley, this green little mountain valley right up against the mountains between mm -hmm. the Rocky Mountains, the beginning of them on the west, and the Great Plains on the east. So we're sandwiched between these two huge masses that dominate a lot of the United States. And these big flatterns that are gorgeous and, and just remind you of nature and power. I think they're like the dragon symbol maybe in feng shui. They're mm -hmm. right outside my window, right there. Everyone, pretty much everywhere in Boulder, you can see them. Mm. Well, that's that's part of the 
that kind of quality of those mountains is what you embody. Mm. That's your fundamental nature. Well, I was born here, so that works. Yeah, and uh, and I'll make it out there sometime. I need to go to Drala Mountain Center, but um, oh yeah, they would love to host you. Anyway, we'll stay focused. Yeah, okay. that would be great. Okay, <laughs> but um, but uh, so but also this fire, fire is actually very nourishing for you because fire creates earth. So mm. um, that, like the idea is like in the five elements, the uh, fire creates ashes and that supports you. So this is a very supportive year for you. And the next year you're going into a water year, which may feel a little bit muddy and be more, it's like winter, it's where things are very, very under the surface. So that's gonna start to transition into that, that kind of energy near November and December, even though the lunar new year or the, tra the, the um, the transition in the Chinese calendar happens on February 3rd or 4th. It's still like, it's a slow transition. So you're kind of in this year of fire now, and then fire is very nourishing for you. Cause you've told me before that you have like a, like those, like you like red, I think, and you have red around you. So that's a very nourishing color for you. Yeah. Like my childhood favorite color was pink. And then a teacher, when I was a little kid told me I couldn't like pink cause I'm a boy. So okay. then I picked, yeah. So then I picked orange. And I think even to this day, like the color of like whiskey or, or like beautiful tiger oak wood uh -huh. is, is probably my favorite color. Well, that's earth color it's actually. Like so brown, brown yeah. is, well, that's like a combination of red with the earth. So earth, tone, earth is like brown and yellow right. and orange can be either earth or fire. So like fire can be very like, I think like you talked about a buttery red for your Tory gates at your home. Right. So that's like, that's kind of a more vibrant, I'm thinking like- and I the have these like cozy blankets yes. everywhere that are red. Yeah. And the rugs are often red and red is definitely up there for sure. Good. So that you, so you can, you already kind of like know like what's nourishing for you. Um, hmm. Okay. So your, the things that you wanted to work, work on were, I'm going to say a little bit generic, <laughs> but um, what did I that's okay. Say? I, I don't even remember. Okay, yeah. but I know, but I know you meant them. <laughs> okay, you can get under my skin too. Like if I can get more specific, you can draw it out of me, and I'll start crying. Okay, all right. You want to cry? I can. Make, no, I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> well, you know what? Then I'm going to skip your three wishes and just go into what I saw on your floor plan. Okay. I okay. think my three wishes, if I remember, I think you know I'm a big lover of life and family and love. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wrote, speaking of red and gold and all this stuff, like one of my books is about the Buddhist notion of love. Mm -hmm. and I think, you know, my engagement ended and my old beautiful dog died last year. So, you know, I kind of lost a lot of like love in my yeah. life. So I think that probably what I wrote, I have this wonderful home and community and you know, and there's lots of people coming over and stuff, but it's not, I don't have that inner home life. No, you didn't, you, well, you kind of like danced around it. You said a loving, wholesome, fun, chaotic, chaotic, genuine family. Yeah. But you didn't write about having like feeling, uh, having a partner, feeling, um, having, uh, you know, uh, yeah, just having a partner and having your own family. Yeah, it's a bit like I just arranged this big, beautiful picnic in a park for my partner, and then no one shows up. That's a little bit of the energy of this well, year. 
I could see this in your floor plan, actually. So right. um, I'm jumping ahead in my list, but I'm going to go for it. So, um, so, your, uh, so your home, if we stand in the front door and we look at the far left corner, uh, you have a secondary end. You have your back door there, right? Um, well, I don't quite get it. So I, I can just the like film what mudroom. your mudroom. I'll just oh, tell you. There's my front door. Okay, stand, if you see it. Stand at your front door looking in. Oh, looking in. Okay. You know, you can't see the back door. No, but you know, like what, if you go, if you look straight and you kind of go to the right, that's your mudroom and your, your secondary back, your secondary yeah. entrance, your back my door. Mudroom, right? You'd have to go left and then you'd have to go like yes. through there. Yes. Like, and then it's to the center. right or the kitchen and then yep. you would go over here to the mudroom yeah, so and beware the mudroom is cluttered oh oh okay let's stay here let's stay yes, here there's if you don't mind all over okay like these are, i'm a zero waste grocery guy so there's jars all in those yeah okay so this in on the bagua map represents your relationship area uh oh, oh. this re represents your primary relationship okay. it represents a romantic partnership or a marriage. Wow. It, wow. it also represents your mother, your feminine element. It represents um, yin earth. So when you have a secondary door in that area, a back door, it means that it's, and you also have called attention to it because I think you told me you had like a Tory gate out there too. Uh, well, it's actually over here, but yes, it's, it's by the, you can kind of see it. Right. Oh, that's okay. That's okay then. Um, it's but anyway, the back door. Yeah. Get it. It's a so back do doors are where chi comes into your space. So um. So by having this secondary door in your relationship area, it it gives an opportunity for people like partners to come in and out of your life really easily. Uh oh. Yeah. So do I? What do I do? So. <laughs> well, also, you also pointed out that it's very cluttered, that you feel it's very cluttered. Well, it's the mudroom, so it's kind of where stuff comes and goes, like laundry and jars and dog food and shoes and coats. And I have my pantry, you know, like my dishes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so you can also see I, how those words that you're I, saying yeah. could apply to your romantic relationships. Right, it's like where things come and go kind of thing. Things so, come and go and things pile up in there or that people can come in and out easily. Yeah. That's just what it means energetically. So what you can do is there's some simple ways to work with this. One is to, um, you can, do you, you could get like a shopkeeper's bell. You know what those are? Uh, yeah, like on the door. Yes. So it's like a way of energetically letting you know. Oh, you have felt. Okay. And then look. Oh. And oh, then this is irrelevant. There's my 40-foot treehouse up okay. there. But I also have. Okay. No, but that doesn't. That's different. Yeah, um, that is not connected. Yeah. You want it on the, yeah. the door. Okay. So that's good. But you may want to refresh those. Okay. okay. How long have they been there? Um. I don't know. Definitely like a couple years. Okay. So maybe the take them down. Maybe you can like clear. Okay. You could even just bring them into sunlight for like a couple hours. A powerful time is 
um, the most young hours of the day are between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. And maybe just kind of, oh, you know what I think actually, actually like put them out in the sunlight for like at around noon for some time with the I with the intention that you're going to use that sunlight, that yang energy to kind of clear and set a new intention to um, to know, like to be more aware of what's happening when part potential like romantic partners, long term partners, a partner shows up in your life that you're not letting them come in and out of your life that you know that when things are slipping away that you know when that she can you can be losing that she but you're aware of it. And then also do the same at um, midnight one night so that you're also bringing in the energy of the moon to the yin energy that's so interesting and then i've heard that is problematic i think this was feng shui if the back door right behind me mm -hmm. is like used more often than the front door is that true um it's not problematic as long as you do use your front door sometimes i do do you use yeah. your front door regularly? Like always like make it a, uh, make it a priority to use your front door. Cause that's where the main she comes in. Okay. Like, at, like every time you walk your dog or, or you get your mail, like right. once a day. Okay. Cause some people don't use the front door at all. Like they only use their back door. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that. I definitely use the front door cause I remember reading that, uh -huh. but I definitely like probably eight out of 10 times use the back door. That's okay as long as there's an intention because the front door is where like people that's where the chi can find you and this also affects how you can find a partnership too because it's um it's really the way the chi comes in formally so if you formally want to make the shift in your life to invite a partnership to start like having that warmth in your life you make that intention so like just like do something like every time i get the mail you you're only getting the mail through the front door or you're yeah. only getting you well, know I always get the mail i like the dog thing the back door reason is because i'm always biking so i bike into the backyard you know similar to people who drive into the garage and don't yes the front door. exactly but you know it's not easy to find a partner so you need to put you need to like make shifts in your habitual patterns that you do out of ease I to bring that. in that chi. I love that. Go Angie. back, go back to your, go back to that. Oh. <laughs> so I think also you need to move. If you don't, if you need those things in there, let go of what's in there. That's not that you haven't touched in like a oh year. My, my God, I so agree. It's like my road bike, which I no longer use because it's so dangerous in Boulder. Um, and then probably some of the shoes, my road bikes hanging on the stairway. And then some of the storage, the stuff, I just have to go through it and I never do. And then purposely leave some space yeah. for a partner to make, for a partner in there. Okay. It's like so full, there's no room for anyone else in your life. No, and people say that to me all the time. They're like, you have a wonderful life, a wonderful house but how would someone come into it? Exactly. So if you set that intention for your relationship area, like I'm gonna like purposely maybe let go of something that's a little bit hard to let go of or make yeah. this empty space that I'm gonna leave empty so that the, someone else's chi can come in here and feel at home in here and have a place for themselves. Uh, that's a huge intention. And then- So like where I have coats like hanging everywhere, I could leave half the hooks empty. 
Right. Where Where is your future partner going to put their coat when they come in? They're going to have to just get me to move stuff out of the way. Here's Winnie. Yes. And then you then you talked about pink. This area, the color that's related to this area is pink. Oh, interesting. So could you bring some something pink in here and touch back into how that was your favorite color? And yeah. It's interesting because the rug mm -hmm. and the floor is sort of warm pinkish. It's not quite yeah or intense. But but you don't yeah. Yeah, that is interesting, but I want you to bring something new in because you don't need more of the same chi that you already have. <laughs> well said. That sounds like an innocuous statement, but I feel like that was kind of a feng shui diss. <laughs> no, because people always ask me, so can I just reuse this thing? I'm like, you can, but don't you want to bring a new chi into your life and home? They're like, okay. It's so. funny. I'm looking around and I see like nothing pink. I mean, I have one... Anyway, I'll figure it out. Well, I have this cover is, on the pink. Pink is a combination of metal, which is white, and fire. So it's kind of a soft, it's still nourishing for you. And mm -hmm. it and but it's softer and it's inviting and it's opening up kind of that reset to receptivity. It's so this area that area of the Bagua map is also related to Kun position. I don't know, are you familiar with the I Ching at all? Yes, very okay. much. I grew up with it in the Buddhist community. Okay, yeah. so the the, the Kun trigram, the receptive number two, okay. is that area. So it's about, so it's also related to the color pink. So even like exploring- I don't want to misread you. I, I, we did the aging all the time. I don't know how to oh. like do it. Okay, well, yeah. the hexagram number two is Kun over Kun, all yin lines, okay. all broke, six broken lines. And that's actually the embodiment of that area of the Bagua map. And it's also related to the color pink. And so I think you brought it up. I think there's an invitation here for you to kind of like explore pink, like maybe wear a pink shirt, wear a pink necklace, wear pink underwear. I don't know, like okay. see what that feels like, but also it's it's the, it's like a bowl shape, right? Re receiving, are you ready to receive a partner? Are you ready to, to hold someone in your life? And how can you create that space instead of filling up that space, how do you create a place for someone to be there with you? I love that. Yeah, it, um, I heartily agree with all this, for sure. <laughs> there was a good comment from Mindful. Did you see that? Mindful no. Empty Nectar. Love the idea of creating physical space for other people or valuable things, such as a new pastime to come in. Yes, because yeah. it, the physical space is the same as emotional space, as energetic space we um we don't think it is or you know we don't think it is but i don't see them as different yeah and it's definitely like been a challenge not challenge for all my partners but it's definitely been even for the partners who got through the the fact that i lived here for 17 years you know there's like a lived in quality here um they've had to make their own space and you know i've been very uh or i've tried to be, I should say, I've tried to be very accommodating and enthusiastic because I want someone in my life, but I think it still doesn't feel super easy. And you know, um, you know, we started out talking about how full your life appears from I'm a very busy person too, but your life you seem even busier than me, which is kind of like I never see that. And yeah. um, 
and I can't even imagine like how like even in that time space how someone feels like they could fit into your life so you don't have to necessarily work at it the most difficult way you could start in like the space in your physical space and that translates and trickles into all the other areas of your life and it it's kind of this indirect path that maybe you've overlooked okay yeah so I think, you know, the busyness in my life, it has just begun four months ago, like four months ago, I had a kind of normal life, I think, like full time and, and then space. But um, yeah, this might be a sort of transitional time for me in some ways, like the beginning of a new path. Yeah, but even like, but I'm saying like, you can by creating the space, you're allowing yourself a space, space for someone else in a different way that you don't have to give it up, maybe with your, you know, schedule time, maybe yeah. it happens in other ways. Like, it doesn't have to happen through physical time, right? Okay. Or schedule time. Okay, that's helpful. Yeah, because I think, you know, who I'm attracted to generally is someone who shares my sort of passion for being of benefit mm -hmm. to our world. So, you know, that person, it, they could, that, they could show up in any way, but they, they may be, you know, someone who also is active and independent and doing doing a lot for our community or for our world in in whatever form or they could be the opposite they could be someone who wants a family and you know wants to be more grounded well you know what i'm going to give you one final thing to do in that area too so the door represents how the chi comes in and out of your life right that's how we come in and out of our spaces so yeah. um and it's not a better or worse door that it's this back door but it's the fact that it's the back door that it's um, not the primary door that we want to have you give you, we want you to refresh the bells. You could even get a new shopkeeper's bell if you want. You only need one, too. You don't need all of the bells. Okay. Um, but what could also be helpful is to, uh, oh, actually, I'm gonna give you two things. Clean the windows with some intention, all those windows with the, with the intention that you're going to open your eyes. I mean, they look pretty clean from here, but just do it anyway. No, they're Add not at in. all. They're, they're, I don't, you can't really see, oh. but yeah, they're, they're not clean. Okay, so I want yeah. you to clean them yeah. with the intention that you are, because your windows represent your eyes. The doors represent the mouth and the communication yeah. and the chi, but the windows represent the eyes so that you're going to also clear away any misconceptions that you have about inviting a partner into your life. Not that you have any, but I'm just saying you're, you're ready to open your eyes to it. Okay. And then make a list of nine things on pink paper with a pink pen, um, and um, and write down nine things. Get a new pink pen and a pink paper, and put it in a red envelope above your door, so that every time you walk in through your door, that door, you're activating your intentions for those nine qualities you would like to invite in a partnership. Wow. Oh, so nine qualities in a partnership that I'd like to invite on pink paper with a pink pen and a red envelope above yes. the door. Yes. Like, like up there. Yep. You know, with the dog like taped. in Buddhist tradition, you could put talismans above the door and it's like you're saying that you're activating those good merits every time you go through that yep. door. We have a little, um, see the little, uh, the horseshoe. Yeah. 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 But this is going to be a talisman that you've made. It's not right. an antique that you right. that has someone else's She, You're going to intentionally create your own talisman okay. with your intention for what kind of partner.
where you want to walk into your life. Okay. Very helpful, Angie. Okay. So for folks who have just joined more recently, Angie Cho, feng shui expert, is has me under the microscope. Angie, can I just show you? I was talking about the powerful mountains mm -hmm. in Boulder, mm -hmm. and a friend of mine is a street artist, and I just bought this sort of like Starry Night Van Gogh version of his painting of the Flatterns. These in real life rise over my house and everyone's house. Oh, wow. How powerful. Yeah. That's a beautiful piece of art. Where are you going to put it? I don't know. That's why it's down here right now, because I just got it. And, mm. you know. You could put it in the area of your home that relates to that the mountain. Right. Okay. That would be... Uh, I think it's your living, like when you walk in your front door, what's the room to the left, the living, living room? room? Yeah, Yeah, that would be the area that's related to the mountain, the this mountain room. diagram. This room has like the fireplace and the mantle and lots of Oh books. yeah, you know what, you have that fireplace too. Yeah. But no, the fireplace is okay, I think. It's in, because the fire creates earth. So in that air, that room. So I also noticed that you have, um, Okay, so you have a in um, okay in when you walk in your door on the right side, there's yeah. stairs, right? Yeah, yep. there's stairs. Yep, this yep. is the front door. You walk in, there's stairs, okay. lots so, of pictures and stuff. Okay, so the stairs. Um, so I think one thing that you one of the wishes that you had was financial stability that you okay. give a lot away, you said, but um, you you also want, you, anyway, you, you wanna, do you wanna say a little bit more about that? I think, you know, um, so Elephant Journal, which I founded, has been very stable, it's been around 22 years, I'm pretty good at running it. That said, it's in the field of media, which is constantly evolving and changing and going up and down um, with technology and all that. So it's a little bit like whitewater, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel like stable in the sense of like running a hardware store for 40 years. So that area where your stairs are relates to um, helpful people and, um, and it's actually like really connected to the wealth area, which is diagonal from it. Cause it's like the, the feng shui Bagua map is the mandala. And this is going to be mirrored because of Instagram, right. but um, like they're diagonal on this mandala, right? Okay. And so that area where your stairs is, is directly related to your wealth. Because the fact is like how well, you, how much, how much abundance you have in your financial wealth and just your feelings of having enough in the world often relates to how much of a helpful, helpful person you are. And I think your wish is kind of pointed to the fact that there's like, there's a little bit of an imbalance with you are so helpful to other people maybe right. that there's like this imbalance and then stairs represents these ups and downs and this instability like you said like white water rafting that's what stairs stairs are ups and downs and now that i'm getting older and i like sprain my ankle like stairs are can be like a death trap <laughs> so um, yeah no i think i did write that that there is this sense of like i love service mm -hmm. um but then yeah, just having that kind of stability and re re relaxing with financial stability 
um, because I chose not to sell elephant. I never wanted to like do something kind of unethical in my view. Mm -hmm. So I, I skipped over lots of opportunities to have that financial stability and I grew up pretty poor. So, you know, it's a thing I, you know, I, it's a, you know, foundation of my life basically. Yeah. Uh, so I, so I could see that I don't think there's necessarily a financial issue, but I see that there because it's like indirectly connected to that helpful people area that your ability to feel abundant and financially stable is connected to those ups and downs mm -hmm. in how much you feel supported, how much, uh, how helpful you are. So often what I tell people is that when I see kind of this issue with those two areas that are diagonal that like on the Bagua map is that for, in your case, I would think that um, you, that you could um, stabilize that area, but also, um, and we'll talk about that, how to do that like in your home, but also like you could think about, and I think you're good at this, um, ask, asking more people for help. Yeah. So, cause you can, you can only become a truly helpful person and your wish was to also be a benefit. You can only be a truly helpful person if you can ask for help yourself. Yeah, I think I'm pretty good at that. Okay, good. Yeah, I have so, no problem. I'm not like one of these guys who can't ask for directions or something. Like, I'm very comfortable asking dumb questions okay. and all that. Okay, so then let me look at your stairs and see what we can do, like, in the mundane way to stabilize the stairs. So, so there's frame picture. Okay. There's some, like, hooks on the stairs. There's, like, the little Harry Potter-like space for shoes beneath the stairs. Okay. Um, here, I can turn on the light so it's easier. Okay. Um, my lights are always off because I'm one of these hippies. And there's a bench to take your shoes off, okay. you know? And then... Can I, um, can I see the light fixture? Yeah, it's uh, antique. Um, it's kind of lovely and bright. Okay. okay, wait, do you have a light fixture over the stair, though? Yeah, upstairs. I'll show you. It's okay. not. It's not very bright, but it's cute. Okay, it's that's just... the key. Oh, that's the so. Key. Is this Schoolhouse Electric? Do you know Schoolhouse yes, Electric? I, I love them. Too. Yeah, They're, they but... have cute stuff. Can you put a brighter bulb in? Uh, very much. Um, that's so interesting you said that because see, um, it's got one of those bulbs. It's got one of these bulbs that blocks the lower half of the light, and uh -huh. I did that because. You know, I didn't want to like be walking up the stairs with the light shining in my eye, mm -hmm. but but it's really in effect. I mean, it's I don't need a bright light here to see where I'm going, but it's not very bright. Well, the so the intention is you could you put the light somewhere else, the light fixture, since you like it so much. I love it. I could have put totally put it in the kitchen. Oh, it's you... this lovely, lovely like butter. I don't know what color that is, saffron or buttery yellowy kind of yeah it, it's it looks uh it's pretty yellow yeah yeah it's nice um we never painted the ceiling after we put it in oh so it needs a bigger <laughs> fixture probably anyway yeah so i would put a bigger fixture to shine light on like how you can um see the people that can help you more clearly that people that need your help can could see more clearly and you can put the whole thing on a dimmer so it doesn't even have to be lit right. that 
rightly it's just that you have that potential there yeah okay and then put okay. that somewhere else where you can appreciate it but like it's too small for the space and i think that you can set that intention that like i'm gonna bring more fire energy more light to this area to shine a light on how i can have less ups and downs the how i could have more um and see see the people that can help me and that i can help other people and it's also you actually talked about travel this is also related to travel to that section that area that you're home so basically brighter light up there brighter light bigger more appropriate fixture for the space so like it's a really tall space here yeah. so it yeah, could be a big. chandelier that comes down and has some fun yes you you should have fun with it yeah this and paint the ceiling oops you can see that one's a little more fun, right? Yes, but that's not in the area I'm worried about. Exactly. No, I mean, that's, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, no, but you could definitely have fun with it. I want you to have fun with it. And um, and then also you mentioned the ceiling needs painting. So that that's some attention that you could put on there too. Yeah, it's such a pain in the butt area to paint because it's so high up there that of course we, we uh, conveniently- it's a it's a pain in the butt to get financial stability, right? <laughs> I love it. Angie Cho with Feng Shui Trash Talk. Okay. Um, I love it. Um, so um, there was a couple other things I wanted to go over if you still have time. 100%. I'm just looking at the kitchen fixture. I was just curious. You know what also would be fun about that with that light is putting it on as a sconce. Oh, wait, which one? The one above the stairs? Yeah, the schoolhouse electric one could be really fun as a sconce. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Uh, so so we, you can sit down for a second because I this is more about like your um, okay. your home. So I noticed that you live very close to a cemetery. I do. It's, um, it's not directly by me. It's up the hill. There's a little park in between me. There's an alley and a park and a street and then the historic cemetery, which I do have to say is gorgeous and everyone loves it. Huge trees and a little river. It's beautiful. Okay. Um, and I did notice there's a guard. There's that. So basically it's your property. Then there's, you said an alley. Is the alley okay? You had mentioned like loudness. Is that the alley that has a Problem. No, the alley is wonderful. I have my basketball hoop in there, but the opposite direction by my front door to the east, to the, to, you know, when you're going out the front door to the right. To the right to the, uh, there's a, there's a curve, right? There's a ninth in university, if you're looking at the map, is the yeah. outer intersection. Okay. So, well, let's go really, let me just check in with the cemetery first. Okay. So, um, so you have a quite like the, garden which is like a equal to like five properties that is a between you and it's you said it's a vibrant garden well it's actually kind of in its natural state so it's beautiful but it's kind of wild um do you think it's vibrant though uh, um vibrant i mean colorado is sort of a dry state so oh. yeah there's a lot of like trees and flowers and you know, okay. is, it, is it chi like, is it chi like high or is it kind of neglected? And I would say it's like half and half. Okay. So, um, does, is the chi that something that you would want to 
Okay, the, my, where I'm coming from is when you live pretty close to a large cemetery. Yeah. So, you know, Feng Shui was developed because, uh, originally developed to look at like our connection to, um, or actually look at like um, burial plots, right? But really like now the way that we look at Feng Shui is like, it's how we look at um, Yang spaces where people live. So living very close to a yin space, like a cemetery or even like a church, or something like um, that is not not doesn't isn't always occupied as a yin space and can be problematic for your yeah. home. So I just um, and even though cemetery, it's a vibrant, what's that? The cemetery here is full of. So I have a dog. Everyone goes and walks their dogs, and the dogs play there. So it's mm -hmm. the association mentally is very community and pleasant and fun. But, you know, it is a cemetery. They're historic graves, so mm -hmm. it's not a lot of new graves. But it's, uh, so it's quite beautiful, but it's mm -hmm. still a cemetery, if that's yeah. bad. So I'm going to, well, it's not bad, but it's also, but it's not, um, it's not a, it's not a place for the living. Like, you're there during the day, but you may not really go there in the middle of the night, right? Yeah, I don't think anyone goes there at night unless it's, like, some teenagers trying to, like, drink beers right so that has its own like chi associated with it so um so you know what it's something that i can't disclose publicly but after, if you're interested you we can talk about it afterwards it's something okay. i would want you to do because normally i would say like you could put like something like more public that i can tell you is you could put like a a concave mirror so that it takes the image of the cemetery energetically and flips it upside down at the back of your house but I don't, but then that garden, you know, I don't know if you want to flip the garden she upside down. Yeah, I can kind of show it to you because it's, you can't see it. You know, I have a fence in between too, so it's not super connected. That's, but it's, it doesn't, it's just proximity wise. Yeah. You're just very close. Yeah, for sure. So it's like over, you can't even see it right now, over these trees. Okay. It's the park. You can almost see a little um, bit through there. You know what? I guess, you know what? Then let's do what I'm, uh, I I have one. Let me show you. So you can get, um, I have a huge one. So so when you kind of have this like hot, like challenging chi near your home, you could take a, this is a concave mirror. So it's like a bowl. Oh, okay. And, and it takes it, I'm going to blind someone. Like a bowl <laughs> going, a bowl it's going a up or a bowl going in? in. Oh. So it's, it's not convex would be like a bubble, okay. like a rear view mirror for a car. Okay. This is a bowl. So the mirrored side is on the inside and then you get a concave mirror and you could put it in one of your windows facing towards the cemetery with the intention that you're going to kind of lessen the effects of the. So it takes that energy and it lessens the effects. It makes it smaller and flips it upside down. I have like mostly for the birds, I have like little stained glass things mm -hmm. and often i'll have like crystals you can kind of see it i'll zoom in yeah that helps too and but, you know just because i don't want the birds to run in oh good to the windows and then often i'll have like little disco balls for light and stuff nice but i do want you to do the mirror <laughs> yeah okay cool concave with, mirror concave mirror but with the intention that it's taking anything, any of the yin and the yin chi from the cemetery that's affecting your property and it's lessening, it's making those effects um, less influential on your life. Okay.
Okay. I like that. I will do everything. I'll be a good boy. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. The last area I wanted to go over was if we, if you think it's possible is to go over, uh, your desk and office area. Cause part of what you wanted to talk about is like, you know, have, I, I think you wanted to talk about, yeah, like, uh, having it connects with your financial st stability. Sure. So on the desk and office, I have an office in Boulder, mm -hmm. but I rarely use it. I like to work in cafes and such. Mm -hmm. We use the office for like shipping and practical stuff. My staff mm -hmm. uses it more. And yeah. then in my home, which I like, I have like 15 different spots I'll work. And then I have an actual oh. office, uh -huh. but I use it more for art than, than work. So I can okay. show you all my spots and the office and, and you could be like, oh, you should use the office more, maybe. No, I'm not going to tell you to use your office more. Actually, oh. well, actually, I'm going to tell you something about what you just said. Okay. So, so it's funny that you have like 15 different spots you wear because it's almost like you wear 15 different hats. Yeah, because like, like here's my like chair. I love to sit here. There's little blocks so I can do interviews. And then, you know, I get to look out at all the mountains and everything. Okay. That's just one of a million different spots in my house. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But I do want to look at your formal desk. Yep. Even my though you desk, don't work there because it symbolizes really cute, your but work. But it's going to horrify you because it's like a, it's a drafting table desk, you know? So I sit here. Okay. And, you know, I, I do art or calligraphy or whatever. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, it's like dominated by art supplies, basically. Why do you think it's going to horrify me? Oh, because it's like, well, it's really cute. I love it. But it's, um, you know, it's got stuff all over and it's like a forest behind me of plants. But um, and great light. Usually, I, you know, it's been hot. So a lot of the blinds are drawn. But yeah, is I don't know if it if it doesn't horrify you. Great. I just is I love it. And I'm very comfortable here, you know, but okay. like drawers and stuff. Okay, so let me um, ask you some questions about. So you said so you have that's your like kind of formal desk, but you mostly do art there, and then you have lots of different home, like fifteen different spots in your home, and you also have an office that you don't a formal office in Boulder that you don't work out of, but your team does. But it represents like your business, and um, yeah. And why do you think like that? You do your formal desk is where you do your art. Well, this is like a private room. It's small. So it's like for an office, it's really the most office-y room. Like if I had a really important call and I had friends over or a partner or whatever, this is where I would go. Um, but because I don't have, you know, I'm not in everyone's way because everyone isn't here. I, you know, I work wherever I want, which is heaven, you know. I love mm -hmm. it. I work outside on the porch. I work in the back. I work outside on the patio. I, I have like three different porches. Mm -hmm. I'll work here in the living room sometimes, which is cozy. Mm -hmm. um, I work at the dining table a lot, like a lot of people. Uh -huh. There's the puppy again. I work this this room, which probably looks messy, but it's um, soup. This is like where I watch TV at night. Okay. My dog sleeps up here or right by me right there. Okay. And then you can normally you can see the huge mountains out there. Um, but it's, you know, it's the middle of summer. So there's leaves on everything. 
but it's just a beautiful view. So I'll just sit right here and work half the time. Yeah, I think that's where you were last time we talked. Yeah, I do a, about like 80% of my calls here. So in, so in general, when you look at a place you work, it's totally okay to have like lots of different spots you work. I think it, it just lends to your flexibility, your, your ability to kind of pivot and wear different hats. Like sure. I said, like having all these different hats yeah. and different um, things that you need to do to support your business. Yeah. And okay. um, I think one, there's one like kind of general rule that you could consider in, you know, all the places that you sit is the commanding position. I think, did we talk about that? Mm. Okay. So basically, ideally, when you're uh, working, you want to be able to see the primary door to your space without being right in line with the door. So when your back is to the door, you're actually in a heightened state of yeah. fight or flight yeah. response. I never would have my back to the door, but you know, in this room, I'm kind of far away. So the door is right around there. Yeah. But you can and, see, you know, but the I'm primary door to the space is like where you're standing actually. Yeah, but if I, like the door I sat the door. on one of these chairs, then I could see the yep. door without being in line. Yep. that's. That's perfect. But also the door could apply to the doorway between you and the front door as well. It's kind of like the entry of each room. Oh, so, oh. so it's, okay. you could also think about repositioning yourself when you are in one of your 15 spaces. So if you're feeling a little anxious, you could shift your position to be more in um, command of your space, right? being more aware of your space because it puts you in a place where you're protected by the like the wall behind you which is like a mountain like one of those mountains that you talked about and that you can see the expanse in front of you and that you're not looking away from mm. what's coming towards you but you're like i'm i'm open to seeing and becoming aware of my environment mm. so just noticing if if you even if you're in a coffee shop maybe you shift your position, but also like maybe you're having a meeting with someone and you want them to feel more comfortable or they're, them to take the lead in the conversation, let them take that spot. Right, that's so good, I love that. That's something I know about not having like a doorway or something behind me, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I don't think I've fully actually done that in my, in my work situation, especially out in the dining room. Like here, it's actually quite stable behind me. There's a yes. window, a high up window. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty much like, I feel very protected. Yeah, and it's not, not just supporting you, it's supporting all your staff and and everything that you're, everything that you support as the the founder of Elephant Journal, right? Right. Uh, so, cause you really provide a lot of support for other people. So it's, it's yeah that's of being great benefit to put yourself in a place where you can see everything too. It's not just a selfish act to make you in a, put you in a good feng shui place. It trickles down to all the people that you um, support. So I want to sit in a place with like a good wall or whatever behind mm -hmm. me, not windows or a door or windows. Are okay. Window is okay. A uh, door is definitely, you don't, ideally don't want to have the door behind okay. you. Window is more fragile, so it depends on, uh, but yeah. I think we talked about this, you have the, the drape behind you, but also like, so at your formal desk, 
it's interesting though like you're you're kind of in the walkway there and you're not in command but that may reflect upon like maybe you have to take care of everything else in your life and have all the 15 hats that you wear that when you make your art you kind of want some you don't want to be in you kind of want to not be in that commanding position interesting yeah and you know i mean again part of that office upstairs is it does give me you know i can close the doors i can have complete isolation mm -hmm. whereas the rest of my 14 spots they're not private which is fine usually i like that yeah so with your um with your formal desk which you do art at um you know there's a couple ways that you can adjust it i don't know if you it, you said it's a small room so you may not be able to change the position of your desk so that you could see the front door but you could set up a any kind of mirror you could even make the back of your um the wall behind your desk mirror like take a full-length mirror and put it horizontally so you can start to see beyond and this made also um so you'll see beyond you can also set up like a little convex mirror which is the rear view mirror like for a car like on your like computer at your desk so you can see the door behind you and and expand your view with the intention that you're like okay um i'm also ready to create more stability in my life but also maybe be open to step into the artist that's inside that like doesn't need to be running the whole show all the time and you know because that that because that tells me that there's something that really makes your heart sing when you create art and there's um mm -hmm. that provides a lot of healing for you and you can only do that in this place and then you've assigned this place that you've done you do this artwork to um alone as your formal office so there's something in you where you really want to incorporate more art into mm -hmm. your work so well stepping said. up to that acknowledging it and once you follow that you will get more stability and and it, acknowledging that you're going to turn make that difficult turn in your life to to embrace the artist in you okay i love that because yeah i do art and i also do calligraphy there and i love incorporating both I, and i have put art and calligraphy into my books mm -hmm. so far and i want to do more of that yeah yeah and so making that a it doesn't have to be public but it's just saying like i'm ready to like shift my position and see and not not put myself so my back is to the door and not I'm not closing myself to opportunities. So it's just putting up a mirror with that acknowledgement that like you can see the opportunities coming to you. You're ready to open up a little bit more to that um, while still maintaining, maintaining like whatever privacy or, or uh, whatever is applicable to that part of your life. But also putting that mirror on the back of your desk to expand your view. It also allows you to see beyond those three feet in front of you that you could see much further that you can see infinitely how into the future or forward into seeing like how you can um really like skillfully weave in like this artistry with everything else you do for mm. it that will lead to stability and financial success mm. i love this it's so powerful i feel like this stuff is like real life therapy in a way you know it's like very outward and inward at the same time yeah and you know the 
thing is, it was all in your floor plan. And I'm just really kind of reflecting back to you what you showed me in that floor plan in that that you shared. And yeah. also the words that you've said to me today. Right. Love it. Okay. So the other thing I ask people, is there anything that you want to ask me or that you want to cover before we end? Um, I mean, the only things we really haven't touched on are like, you know, so I have an attic, which is really cool, and a huge balcony that faces the mountains. I think all of that's really pretty clean and spacious, actually, unlike a lot of my house. It's, like, super simple. Mm -hmm. And then I have a basement, which is, like, the opposite. It's storage, and I have a garage, and there's storage. There's just stuff, you know. Um, and then I have a big or a normal yard with solar panels and a tiny uh, – uh the tree house and a hot tub and you know bike shed and you know so there's an outdoor world like you said there's a bar yeah that we put in during the pandemic where we could like see people on a little balcony you know so it's quite chaotic and and fun but you know i'm also not a believer in like pesticides and mowing lawns and all that so i I plant a lot of local fruit trees and stuff. So it's like a very, I don't know, 50% of people love it. And 50% of people are like, what is happening in this yard? It's just it, sounds, it sounds like you're describing yourself. You you very much embodied yourself with your, your home, your home embodies you. And, and, um, <laughs> Yeah. And I don't give I don't give suggestions for everything because you're a busy person. You have enough to do now that I've given you. But I think okay. though, and we also I couldn't really clearly see it in what you gave me, but that could be a good next time. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was so fun and so helpful, Angie Cho. You're uh, amazing. Do you have your book there that you can show people? Yes. I've... I think I have your book yes. right over there. All right, my so full home. That you got it. Yeah, yeah, I did. And it's right there. Yeah. Uh, get get Angie's book and follow her right up there. And if you're on the podcast or whatever, follow, subscribe. I love your work. And you write on Elephant occasionally. Mm -hmm. So people can read your articles there, too. Yeah. yeah, it was the first place I published an article like how like 10 years, nine years, a long time ago. I guess you've been around longer, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, it's a long time in terms of our history online. You know, we've had different epics. Um, Boulder Mama wants to consult with you. That's Heather. Oh, uh, I don't do. See, this is very special. I don't really do one-on-one -on -one consultations. So oh. wow. I only do them for my school, for my students to audit. But oh, well, I have three. But that's, even, but that's even more fun. People can do your school. Yes, but also they can hire one of my graduates. But like... Um, but this is a this is a special thing, a collaboration with Leyland that I did a one on one. Well, I hope, hope I made it worth worth your while because it's so fun and it's so interesting and honestly, it's super meaningful and I really enjoy it and appreciate it. Me too, me too, and um, and I'm excited that we're gonna we're gonna both post this on our podcast so people can listen to this later. Yeah. And um, and then you can let me know later if you want me to tell you that thing about. Oh, no, I already told you the thing for the cemetery. I didn't have to give you the other thing. Oh, Sorry. the other secret thing. There and then I have to like, thing, I have to do my nine things in the pink paper and the pink pen and the red envelope above the door. And I have to clear my mudroom more. And 
I have some homework. The, yeah, that's that's kind of a lot. That room I gave you a lot, and clean your windows. Clean the windows and the light fixture above the stairs. Mm -hmm. That'll be fun, and I like the idea of making that thing a sconce. I like it too. It's a really beautiful fixture. I love Schoolhouse Electric. They're so beautiful. I love Schoolhouse. Well, Angie, you're amazing. Anytime uh, you want to do anything, articles, whatever we can share, we'll share this as videos, reels, podcasts, and I encourage everyone to check out Angie's school. You can actually, way beyond a consult, you can do a school. Yeah, it's, it's called Mindful Design Feng Shui School. Okay. Yeah, so go follow Angie and check out her school. Bye. Thank, thank, thank you. you so much. If Don't I fall in love because my mudroom is clean, you're getting invited. Oh, I better, I better be invited to the wedding. Oh, doggy. Bye to your little. It looks like sort of like gremlins yeah. or something. Yeah, uh, he looks like a mogwai. He's he's a long-haired chihuahua. Though. Aw, what a little sweetie. All right. Bye. Angie, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Holistic Spaces podcast. You can tune in every week for a new podcast episode. If you like our podcast and this episode, please share it with others. Subscribe, leave a review, and remember to join our mailing list because so, we have special opportunities and different sorts of workshops that are only available to our newsletter subscribers. For instance, in a few days, we'll be launching a Autumn Equinox Challenge that is only available for people who are on our newsletter. So it actually is part of our newsletter. And the only way to participate in this is to be getting our emails. We used to do it separately as a course, but we just thought it'd be easier to just have it go right into your inbox. So be sure to join our mailing list. If you don't know if you're on our mailing list, go to our website, mindfuldesignschool.com, and you can scroll down to the bottom and opt in there and make sure it's not going into spam. So I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you next week.